This is Floyd Hughes, pastor of Crossroads Community Church of Jefferson Hills. I just wanted to share about my new book, Act Like an E-Christian. The E stands for evangelical. And despite what you may have heard, evangelical Christianity has nothing to do with politics. It has to do with the reason the body of Christ exists, sharing the gospel. My book, a devotional based on the book of Acts, prayerfully encourages Christ followers to return to our evangelical roots of sharing the gospel with folks in our circles of influence. It's available on Amazon in paperback and for Kindle, and you can pick up a copy today. Thanks and God bless. You're the coolest. No, you're the coolest. No, you're the coolest. Okay, I'm the coolest. Good Wednesday afternoon, everyone. It is Wednesday, right? Yeah, I'm at last. Wednesday afternoon, uh, I am Pastor Floyd Hughes from Crossroads Community Church of Jefferson Hills, and with me is Mark Berkshire with Mark Berkshire Ministries and Crossroads Community Church at Jefferson Hills. And um, we were just saying, we may not get through everything we wanted to get through in this podcast uh, just because there's a lot of information, uh, the first may require a little bit of explanation, which may take up a lot of time. Uh, but if we do get through both, uh, we're going to talk about first uh, discussions around faith. One is how do we respond to people that claim to renounce their faith, um, which uh, I'll explain why we're talking about that in a minute. Some of you may be aware, many of you may be not. The third or second <laughs> is explaining to Christ followers, those people who claim to have faith and claim to be Christians, who say they don't need to attend a Sunday celebration to be a Christ follower. Uh, typically, what you've probably heard people say is, I don't need to go to church, but we all know, because we've had good biblical teaching, that the church is not the building, it's not the place we go, uh, the church is the body of Christ. Um so before I jump into the first explanation of, of the first topic, any thoughts on either of those that jump out at you, Mark? Um, the first one is a problem that is, I would hate, I mean, I, I don't know how else to say it. It's something that is growing more and more frequent, unfortunately, than ever before. There have been more people who have pastors, uh, TV stars, music, music, musicians that have, have stepped away from the faith and said, no, I was just misled all along or something to that effect. I, I don't, you know, there's just different reasons why people step away from faith. Um, and I know there's going to be a lot of discussion probably with our Baptist brethren. Well, you can't really step away from your faith. Sorry, but you can. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, God, God will never, we have the security of the believer that God will never take our faith away. But that doesn't mean we will not deny him at some point or another. You look at Judas. Judas was around Christ from the beginning and was a faithful follower, but he sold him out for just a couple pieces of silver. 
you know, um, that he didn't even get to keep. That, yeah. I mean, it's not like he got to keep it, spend it, bought a big house, lived in a mansion. It was like, oh, I feel regret. That wasn't even worth it. He didn't even get to keep it. Sorry. I just, right. that just, it just blows my mind every time. But okay. Yeah. All right. Go ahead. Sorry. But, Go ahead. but that, those are the type of things. What makes someone who maybe have been raised in the church all of a sudden step away from the church? I mean, we know the answer to that. It's a three-letter word that we all say all the time. It is sin. But were they really were they really saved to begin with? Was it more of a commitment than a surrender? I mean, there's a lot of lot of things in between there that it could be. So that's kind of my opening statement. I'll leave it up to you now. Well, no, no, that's good. And I was just listening to a sermon the other day where someone was saying so many people, like you said, they make a commitment to the experience they had mm -hmm. rather than uh, surrendering to our Lord and Savior. And there is a big difference between the two. But let me let me let me kind of preface this. And as you said, this is not the first person. There have been pastors. There have been musicians. Uh, this uh, three weeks ago, and some of you guys, uh, uh, some of you five that follow us may not know who this is, but three weeks ago, uh, there was a Christian hip-hop music artist named Fanatic. Um, he was a part of a group called Cross Movement, uh, and they're the main reason that Christian hip-hop went mainstream. Before that, um, as I was telling Mark, you only only time you heard of Christian hip hop is if someone gave you a cassette. Yes, that's how long ago it was. A cassette tape of some Christian hip hop artist. And that's the only way you heard of it. Uh, it was around. It wasn't mainstream. Uh, a group called Cross Movement inspired people like Toby Mac, Social Club, Lecrae, KB, Tripoli, all these others who are kind of popular today. NF, all these others. They wouldn't be around if it hadn't been for Cross Movement. Uh, now, Fanatic is someone, he's an African-American guy who has been, according to his testimony, um, on the streets doing what he calls urban apologetics. He would talk to people on the streets, not just people in the churches, people on the streets, and defend Christianity, and he's been doing this for 30 years. And then about, he said he's always had questions, he never listed what those questions were, but then a few years ago, he thought, hey... I'm going to take my training to the next level. So I'm going to go to seminary. I'm not going to name the seminary he went to because I don't think it's a fault of the seminary. Although a large part of me thinks, yes, it is, but I can't, I can't definitely say, you know, all seminaries are bad or whatever. He went to seminary and he started getting more questions that didn't have answers. And a lot of it had to do with one, um, the questions that he had, about why do we interpret this passage this way? And the answer he was given was, we have to interpret this passage this way in order to uphold this belief that we have. So he wasn't given, here's the truth of how this passage is interpreted. He was told, the only reason we do it is to uphold our belief system. And the way that he walked away after that was, okay, it's like a, 
Rubik's cube and we're twisting it to make it what we want rather than here is the truth of what it is. And based on that, based on him after leaving seminary, understanding that uh, he said he moved from thinking the Bible was inerrant to the Bible uh, is infallible, slight differences in those. And just so many questions that he didn't have answered. So he went from, yeah, defending the faith to, and now there's a difference. There have been some people like Lecrae, who's a Christian hip hop artist, very famous, popular now, who said, I'm not renouncing my faith. I'm just renouncing my association with the Christian church. The way that organized Christian religion does things today doesn't match up with the Bible. I still believe in God. I still believe Jesus died for my sins, all that. I just don't see the truth of what's in the Bible being lived out in a Christian church. That's different from what Fanatic said. Fanatic said, I don't believe in God. I'm renouncing my faith in Christianity overall. And for me, I have a really hard time for that because one of the things like Mark said, my first question is one, yeah, you, you say you defended the faith, but were you ever a Christian, a spirit-filled Christian? Because me saying I'm a Christian doesn't make me a Christian. Me defending Christianity, I can go out today, I'm an African-American man, I can go out today and for the rest of my life defend the KKK. Hmm. That doesn't make me a member of the KKK, right? So just defending Christianity doesn't make you a Christian. Just believing the Bible doesn't make you a Christian. Just believing in God, because, you know, the Bible tells us that the demons believe that God exists, right? That doesn't make them Christians. So the discussion that we're having is around um, not just famous people, because as uh, Mark said, starting out, there have been pastors that have done it, but it's usually the famous people that makes everyone go all a fluster. Uh, for some reason, those are the ones we, we hear more about. Uh, but what, how do we respond to people that come out and say, well, I am renouncing my faith. And first, first off, let me say this. This is nothing new because the Bible <laughs> prophesied this. Jesus said it was going to happen. Paul said it was going to happen. It's throughout the epistles. I think out of the and let me make sure I understand right. Out of the 27 New Testament letters, 25 of them talk about false teaching and causing people to fall away. So, but how do we respond to people that are like, okay, um, um, not only to people that say that, but to the seekers and the, the people in their periphery who suddenly say, oh, wait a second, I was just beginning to think or consider or believe in Christianity. What do I do now? And, and what you were saying, the, the Bible, if you, if you study prophecy it, it, in any type of prophecy, you will, you will quickly notice that this falling away from the church is going to be a real radical thing that happens. People say, oh, well, no, there's a great awakening. Yeah, there's a great awakening, but we're, before Christ returns, there will be a great departure from the faith. And again, I would ask the question of the person, if, if, I, if somebody came up to me and said that to me, 
one of the questions I would ask them was, and, and again, this is so vitally important, were you committed or were you surrendered? Commitment is the first thing or is the second thing that should happen after salvation. It should be the second thing that happens. The first thing at salvation should be surrender. Knowing that we're going through this world and we have no control over it, that God and God alone has control. And people who are committed still have control of what they believe. And I believe a lot of these people who who step away or renounce their faith were merely committed to the cause and not surrendered to the purpose. So I would have, my first thing would be, number one, to pray for them. Number two, to get into a serious conversation about how deeply committed they were to the faith to their faith to begin with. Um, I can be committed to a lot of things. I can be committed that I know who's going to win the Super Bowl and really committed to that team, and they could lose the Super Bowl. Do I lose faith in them? Just because they didn't do what I thought I wanted them to do? And that's the way a lot of these Christians are. They... A lot of Christians that, that, that renounce their faith, if you go back and you talk to them, the root of it usually is something to do with God didn't answer this prayer the way I wanted him to answer it. Yeah, it's, it's based on, uh, like I said, I was listening to one pastor and he was talking about people responding to a circumstance mm -hmm. rather than, like you said, surrendering to the sovereignty of God. Yeah. So this feeling they have or the circumstance uh, or whatever happens, the experience, and they say, oh, this must be it. So I'm going to follow that. But then when their circumstances change or their behavior changes, then their faith changes. Yeah. Uh, because it wasn't based on surrendering to God. And uh, a perfect example of this, I, I, I have so much, so many notes written on my whiteboard over here. But a perfect example of this uh, was Joseph, right? Who mm -hmm. you know spent what almost half his adult life, you know, what fifteen years from like age fourteen or seventeen until he was an adult um, in prison as a slave, as whatever, stayed faithful the whole time, not based on his circumstances or his understanding of what God should do or how God was responding to him, but just based on his understanding that God alone is sovereign, regardless of what I'm going through, he still gets my praise. He still gets the glory. He is still God. I will still put my faith and trust in him. But a lot of Christians today, we base it on, wait, God, like you said, God didn't answer this prayer. God didn't show up at this. I'm still sick. I'm still broke. Uh, I didn't get, you know, the, the prosperity gospel. I didn't get rich. I've been tithing for, 20 years or whatever. I didn't get, I didn't, none of that happened. So God must not be real. So I'm done. I, 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 I can't follow this thing anymore. Yeah. And, and 
getting to this this hip hop artist who said that he finds the Bible with errors now or contrast or contradictions. That's what a lot of people who are committed do. They will find fault because the Bible doesn't, the Bible may speak out against something that we think should be okay. For, you know, for example, same-sex marriage or same-sex relationships. Uh, you know, the Bible, it, it very plainly says that is sin. But if you are in a, a culture, we live in a culture where we want to be accepted, especially if you're in an, an entertainment business, you want to be popular, you want to be out front, you want to be the person, you got to go with what the culture says. So the Bible must be wrong about what it says. Because we're living in a different time and a different age than when the Bible was written. So it might have been bad back then, but we have evolved as people and as a culture to be more accepting of premarital sex, of adultery, of whatever it is. You know, so... And in this instance, I'm, I'm not going to blame the pulpit. Uh, I am no. going to blame the seminary because um and 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 again i don't know the full details of everything that he was taught i'm just going by what he said but what he said was that his understanding of the bible based on what they were teaching him was that it wasn't based on truth it was based on upholding their denominational positions so some of the things that he was like hey i don't understand why are we translating this this way uh uh, could it also be translated another way? And they were like, oh, yeah, it could be translated another way. But if you translate the other way, it doesn't uphold what we believe. That's not true. Yeah, that 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 that's that's <clears throat> the, the the lie that secularism and humanism will teach is that, oh, you could translate it this way. You could translate it that way. No, that's not true. There is only one interpretation, one translation. Um, and. It, it doesn't matter whether I, whether I agree with it or not. It doesn't matter whether it upholds what my denomination of believes or not. What matters is the truth. Mm -hmm. And what they were doing was telling him, oh, we only translate things this way so it can uphold our denominational position. Now, I would be upset, too. I would feel lied to yeah. if that was my understanding is that, wait a second, everything that I've believed is false and the only reason it's being communicated this way is to uphold this false belief, because then that's not truth. So uh, that's problem number one. Problem number two is I have to ask, was he ever really a Christian at all? Because even if someone came and told me, which has happened multiple times in my Christian life, uh, maybe to you as well, to where I had one understanding of this interpretation of scripture, and then someone came along and blew that out of the water and said, no, here's what it really means. Okay. I can't say God isn't real because I still have the Holy Spirit of God in me. All I can say was, hey, my understanding of that was all messed up. 
So I have to ask, was he ever really a Christian? Because the Bible tells us in multiple places, 2 Corinthians 1 and 5 and Ephesians 1 and Ephesians 4, that any person who steps across the line of faith, God puts the promised seal of the Holy Spirit in them. Every single believer sealed with the Holy Spirit. So for me, even if I suddenly come to this realization that I never really understand who God was, I can't deny he existed because I still have his Holy Spirit in me. I can say, maybe I didn't understand what Christianity is. Now I got to figure out what that looks like because I still have God's Holy Spirit in me. So I have to ask, what made you think you were a Christian in the first place? Was it just your understanding of scripture? If that's the case, and now that's been flipped, I can see why you're confused. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, as you grow, or as we grow as a, a, a Christ follower, and the Holy Spirit, as you said, is inside of us. And, and it, it's Jesus, it's God himself that is indwelling in us. As we grow, we should change our minds about some things. What we read as a child may be totally different. You know, Absolutely. We, 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 were taught, we were taught as children, and, and, and Floyd... Floyd and I have talked about this many times, but we, we have been taught as children that there is no such thing as difference of people. Jesus loves the little children of the world. Red and yellow, black and white, they're all precious in his sight. So as we grow and we learn how our culture is and we learn about racism, when we learn about um, white supremacy. We learn about all of these other things. Are we still not American now? Because we were taught that it doesn't matter. Now is my Christian faith. Does that make a difference in my walk with Christ? And I think it absolutely should, because it should help us to grow, take those roots that, that is good. It's not God that's changed. God has never changed. The Bible tells us plain and simple. He is the same yesterday, today, and he'll be the same forever. He will never change. What changes is our perspective. And as we grow, it should be growing to be more like him and less like ourselves. But because we're just committed in our walk with him, we let circumstances, we let the culture, we let the world dictate our belief instead of us standing on the word of God. You're talking about truth in seminaries. You know, they do it all the time. I, one of the, the seminary I went to, I left and, and finished my, my seminary experience somewhere else because the one professor stood up and said, I want to let you guys know we are the bride of Christ. Our church, our denomination is the bride of Christ. 
every other body, every other denomination out there in the world, they are the guest at the wedding. <laughs> and I challenged that. And I said, show me in scripture where it says that. I got expelled for questioning the, the professor. <clears throat> well, so, those, those, yeah, those are the questions we need to ask professors, pastors, exactly. and yeah. exactly. And, and so, if we're not doing that, if we're if we are just living our Christian lives based on feelings and based on other people's words then yes we are going to fall we're going to just say i've had enough of this this has been a lie all my life and we're we're going to move on but if Which, you're if you're surrendered completely to god and in his sovereignty and you believe what the bible says from in to the very end so what I mean is by Genesis 1-1 to the very end of the Bible and Revelation, if you believe everything to be true, then your perspective should be a whole lot deeper. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, definitely it does. I, I, I think, like you said, a lot of people are just basing it on experience and culture rather than having a grounded foundation and their salvation being based on who Christ is, uh, not just based on what you experienced at that moment, or not just based on, hey, I have this understanding of who he is, because like you said, that's going to change over time um, as we grow. Uh, but it should be based on just who Christ is, not an understand, excuse me, not an understanding of what I think he does or the way I think these questions are answered. Because um, that's 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 not a solid foundation based in truth. So again, I go back to and ask anyone who says that, yeah, I'm leaving, I would ask the first question I would ask is one, why? I want to make sure I understand why. But then I want to know, well, what what made you think you were a Christ follower in the first place? Because that needs to be established. Were you ever truly a Christ follower? If, you know, uh, I, uh, I, I, I just, I just can't understand someone filled with God's Holy Spirit saying, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm done. I may have more questions. I may be confused, but if you're filled with the spirit of God, you're filled with the spirit of God, period. And mm -hmm. the Bible literally says God does that so that you have this promise eternal seal so that there could be no doubt in your mind that, yeah, I, I know that I am God's. So if I know that that's like, that's like a parent who says, Hey, you know what? Uh, I'm going to let you, you know, go outside and we're going to go into the park and all that stuff, but I'm going to hold your hand the whole time so that, you know, beyond a shadow of a doubt that I'm with you. And then I, I can't see, holding that child's hand and that child saying my parent isn't here for me. It, it just, it just doesn't connect. So, 
Um, my my questions would be, yeah, what 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 made you suddenly do that? And usually it's like you said, a circumstantial change. It's not that something, some foundational belief has proven to be untrue. It's a circumstantial change. Either I don't understand something more, or my circumstances changed, or God didn't respond to this prayer or respond in the way that I think that they did. Um, and so that usually is what makes people shift their faith um, unnecessarily. So I would ask what what caused it too. I would ask what made you believe you were a Christian in the first place? Because if you're filled with the spirit of God, it should, I mean, there's no doubt. Right. It's a matter of identity. It's a matter of identity. We have in the church today as a whole, we have an identity crisis because we want to believe that who we are is what other people say we are or who other people say we are or who our circumstances says that we are. We may have been brought up in a, in a single, single parent home and never had two pennies to rub together. And we define ourselves and our lives based on that identity. But our identity is not about our circumstances. Our identity is not about even our people uh, that we are surrounded by. Um, it doesn't matter what you call yourself. It doesn't matter what other people call you. One person or, or only two people have the authority and the privilege to give you your name. And that are, that's your mother and your father, the ones who, who created you. They have that right. But that goes a little bit further. There's only one person who has the true authority to give you your identity to say, this is who you are. And that's Jesus Christ. That's God, the creator. He's the only one that can give us that. So our past doesn't define us. Our denomination doesn't define us. Our church local body doesn't define us. What defines us is our relationship with God and who he says we are. You know, um, Jesus was walking with his disciples and he asked a question, who do they say I am? <clears throat> and some said, you're, you know, Elijah. Some say you're this. This is in Matthew. Some say, say that you're this and that and the other. But who do you say I am, Peter? Or Simon? Because at that time, his name was Simon. And Simon says, you are Christ, the son of God. And he says, because of your faith, your name is now Peter. Jesus gives us a new name when we come to him. And if we, we get that new name, how, how, how can it be so easy to just renounce him? If we truly have a new name written down in glory, how can it be so easy to renounce him? Uh, that yeah, would be my number one question. 
And, and uh, that's going to go back to, were you ever really a Christian? Did you ever really get that new name? And did right. you embrace that identity? Um, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I kind right. of went off on the rabbit's trail there. No, that's okay. <laughs> no, that's fine. That's fine. Um, which kind of brings us to our, our, our second question, which I think we'll have time to get into. Because I feel like... Uh, I feel like, well, we talked about fanatic. He's, he's, you know, he said he's, he's renouncing Christianity as a whole. There are others um, who have said, I'm not renouncing Christianity, but I'm, I'm walking away from organized religion, the body of Christ, the church. And so I made this TikTok video um, with me talking to myself. And I basically was asking myself this question. I said, so let me make sure I understand this. You, you're, you're a Christian and you want to spend eternity with God. And my response to myself was yes. And then I said to myself, so you understand that all the other people who are Christians here on earth, if they're Christ followers, they'll spend eternity with God too. You understand that, right? And my response to myself was yes. And so then my, I asked myself, I said, so let me get this clear. You'll spend eternity with those same Christ followers in heaven, but you justify not spending an hour with them on Sunday as the body of Christ. And then the response to myself was, yeah, that doesn't make sense. And I was hoping because there had been several people who had said, you know, I heard Slung lots of videos, people saying, here's why I don't need to go to, and I don't call it the church, it's a Sunday celebration because the church is the body of Christ. So uh, here's why I don't go to those congregational celebrations, congregational celebrations. So I made this video to like say, hey, that, that doesn't make sense. There's no way to justify that. It doesn't make sense. And, and it did partly what I wanted it to do because there were a slew of people who were like, okay, when you put it like that, I can't justify it. It doesn't make sense. There were a whole other slew of people, different conversation that was like, well, you guys are all going to hell anyway because you're worshiping on Sunday instead of Saturday. Whole different conversation. I mean, so many people. I'm like, what? What? In the, uh. But then there were dozens upon dozens upon dozens upon dozens of people. Um, I mean, I think when I looked the other day, it had like 50,000 views. But there were probably hundreds of people still justifying, well, I don't need to go to a Sunday celebration. I don't need the body of Christ to be a Christian. There were some of them that were saying, well, I don't need to go because you don't need to go to be saved. I'm like, so I made another video clarifying that because so many people were saying that. And I said, no, you're absolutely right. I've never said, I haven't, I've never heard a pastor say you need to go to church to be saved. But you do need to be a part of the body of Christ to grow. You do need to be a part of the body of Christ in order to be a part of the body of Christ. You can't say I'm a part of the body of Christ if you separate it from it. And I use the analogy, if I get drafted into the NFL, never going to happen. But if I get drafted into the NFL and I say, great, I'm a part of the NFL, but I never go to the training, never go to any of the games and never participate with any of the teams. I just stay alone in my house. Guess what? 
I'm not a part of the NFL. I can say it all day long, but I'm not a part of the NFL. You can't be a part of the, and I, I, I use Paul's scripture because it was very clear, you know, uh, in 1 Corinthians 12, right? You can't be, every one of us is a part of this thing called the body. And if we decide to separate, then we're not a part of the body. He said, if the foot says to, you know, the body, I don't want to be a foot or the hand or whatever, then they're no longer a part. So according to scripture, you're not a part of the body of Christ. And so many people came back and still tried to justify, well, one of the main reasons I heard, I'm trying to remember all the reasons. One of the main reasons I heard is they don't teach right. I was like, well, apparently you being on your own hasn't worked because you seem to think you can still be a part of the body of Christ by not separating. Another one is some of the people are judgmental. I've heard that. And my response to some of them was, hey, that sucks. We're not supposed to be, but also consider, are they being judgmental or are they laying out, this is what's sin, this is what's wrong, we shouldn't live like that, and you're feeling convicted. And some of them, uh, what was the other one? I forget the other one. Uh, but there was one woman who, who uh, she made a video response uh, and she actually said, I forget, Rachel, I think her name was, she said, uh, she said, hey, I, I follow Big Fat Pastor on TikTok. I listen to his church's messages. And 99.9% .9 of the time, I agree with him. This is the point one where I do not agree with him. And she said, I started to make this video to say, here's why you're wrong, 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 wrong. And then she said, until I realized I'm really making this video because I was convicted, convicted, convicted. And he was actually right, 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 right. But everyone else tried to justify, I, I, I don't need to be a part of the body of Christ. Some woman told me I was, I was manipulating people to go to church just to get tithe money. I was like, I'm not asking any of you to show up or, or tithe at, at, at where I go. I'm just saying, uh, and no one, no one, and this is, this is, no one actually came with an answer to say, well, here's why Paul is wrong which is one of the reasons I listed out scripture. Like, this isn't just my opinion. Thus saith the Lord. This is, what the, this is what the Bible teaches. And no one addressed that. And when I said, well, are you saying Paul was wrong? They just stopped responding. So I, I, I'm there, these, these, and there are people, I get the whole judgmental thing. There are a lot of people who said they walked in with, you know, uh, tattoos or colored hair and they felt judged and they felt convicted and not convicted. They felt judged by people who looked at them or talked about them or told them they weren't welcome and or told them they were going to hell. And then that I blame the pulpit mm -hmm. because we, we created that, that culture uh, uh, where for some reason we've been teaching that certain things are acceptable. Certain things are unacceptable. Certain people are allowed to show up on Sunday and other people are not. And I think we've talked a little bit about this in the past, but yeah. um, okay. I just went on a long tirade. All right, go ahead. Jump in. <laughs> yeah, that, that's fine. I, and I agree with everything you just said. Um, and I, I do blame the pulpit as well because we haven't taught the most important thing of the Bible. And that is to love God with all your heart, 
and love others as he loves them. We don't teach that. We say it a lot. You'll hear pastors say it all the time. Love God and love others. But do we really teach what it means to love God and love others? If we, my, my grandfather had a wooden leg. He lost his leg when he was in, uh, when he was a coal miner. And he had an actual wooden leg. But if he didn't put that leg on, he couldn't get around. He could limp and he could get from place to place, but it was difficult. But when he put that wooden leg on, he could walk from place to place. Not necessarily without difficulty in some cases, but a lot easier. As Christians, as Christ followers, when we become a Christ follower and we plug into a local congregation, a local celebration, we're putting our wooden leg on. It doesn't mean that it's going to be easy, but it's still going to be difficult at times, but it's going to be easier because we have other members of the body holding us up and moving us forward. Well, and I also think we're missing out. If we're not a part of a local body, we're missing out on a lot of the crucial things that help us grow. I mean, uh, there's, there's the, the command for us to not only just love one another, to bear one another's burdens, to lift one another up, uh, all of these things that we miss out on if we're not a part of the local body of Christ. Yeah. And this is the thing that kills me. So many people walk away with incorrect understandings of scripture because they don't have anyone correcting them. Right. That was one of the things. I don't know if I said that one or not. Uh, I think I did. They said that a lot of churches aren't teaching correctly. Uh, and, 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 and there are some that aren't. But, man, some of the things that these people were coming with, some of the things that, that they were, their understanding of Scripture was so far off. Because they didn't have anyone saying, wait, that's not right. And mm -hmm. some of them, because they had someone saying, no, that understanding of Scripture is not right, that's why they walked away. It was like, well, I don't need the... I'm like, well, if you're beyond reproach, beyond correction, this is why you need, because the Bible tells us to use scripture to correct one another and to, to, to uh, uh, equip one another. Mm -hmm. So if you're not allowing that, and that's your understanding of scripture, you're already in con confliction with, I don't know if that's the right word, with what scripture tells us to do. So, yeah. Yeah, and and I'll go back to the beginning when we started this conversation about the church. No, the Bible doesn't say we need, you know, we don't need this for salvation. That's true. That's absolutely true. We don't need anything. We don't need other people to, how do I want to put this? We don't, we don't need other people to, to push us if we don't want to be pushed. We don't need that. 
But what we do need is to obey the commands of God. And God strictly says, do not forsake the assembly with one another. That means get together. That means a celebration doesn't have to be in the church. You can have a Sunday celebration in your home with other believers, studying the word of God, praying, worshiping God. That is a celebration to God. That was one of the other things people said. I don't have to get together and sing. Well, how did they? How did a lot of people said singing hymns and listening to a pastor preach? That's not the church. And I was like, you're right. The church is the people. Again, it's not. That's a Sunday celebration. Uh, and I was like, well, here, here, here again is where if you had correct Bible equipping people teaching you. You would know that the Bible talks about people gathering together and singing hymns and praises to God. And Paul tells Timothy, hey, raise up people who can teach others the word of God. Right. Yeah. And, and, and he does that because he says there are some people who have no clue what they're doing. Yeah. So this is one of the reasons why, because a lot of people feel like, oh, well, I can just discern this on my own. The very fact that you're saying that shows you can't right right it, it, it shows why you shouldn't why you need to to, to find a place to go and, and i will go a step further there's not a church in the western hemisphere that does church correctly according to the bible there isn't you'll never find one if we did it according to the bible and we're following book of acts we would be having meals after every service we would be spending this whole day with one another, worshiping and praising God. And we get mad if the preacher goes five minutes over noon because we're not going to make the line at the Chinese buffet. Or we're going to miss the football game. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't going there, but <laughs> well, that's, a, that's a big one here in Pittsburgh. I know. I remember I know. getting notes in the in the in the offering plate when I first got here. It was like, hey, you know, you need to be done by this time, right? Because right. the game's coming on. I'm like, are you kidding me? But but you look at you look at churches, Christians, Christ followers around the world, especially those in persecuted areas of the world, their church services or their celebrations can last up to eight hours. And people walk in and excess of hours for, yeah, to just to there. come attend them. Yeah. And they're risking their lives to do so. Yeah. So I think the biggest problem with people walking away from the church is because we don't understand what it means to be a part of the church. And I think like one of the things that, uh, I forget, Rachel, I'm, and if I'm, I forgot her name, well, I don't think she listens to the podcast, <laughs> but she says she follows us on Facebook. So if she does, hopefully she'll start listening to the podcast. I'm actually going to go look for her video and say, hey, make sure you listen to this podcast. But 
one of the things that she said is that, um, which makes perfect sense, is you can't have fellowship, which which is is kind of the whole the whole basis of the church, the ecclesia, right? It's a plurality of people mm-hmm. called to gather together. You can't have that fellowship with those you're called to gather with by yourself, right? And that was one of her things. Is like after a while, I realized. I really miss and crave that fellowship and that spirit of community that the church calls us to. And, and that is the good and bad of this pandemic that we are coming out of. It has taught us if we are true Christ followers, it has taught us what it means to gather together. And if, if we're on the fence and say we don't really need the church, it has taught us that we don't need the church. So it, it's a two-edged sword. And, and I'm going to just leave it there for right now. <laughs> well, I don't even go so far as to say for those people that say they don't need the church, I would question, number one, why? Same thing we said with those yeah. who say I'm leaving for number one. Why do you say you don't need it? And two, are you truly a Christ follower? Because if you are, that means again, Holy Spirit of God resides within you. And you're telling me that the Holy Spirit of God that resides within you is telling you you don't need those other people filled with my same spirit. Yeah. And I can't, I I don't believe that. Uh <laughs> Number one, it's contradicting the Bible, what the Bible says, which was inspired by the Holy Spirit of God. So I would question, are you truly, again, a Christian, a Christ follower filled with the Spirit of God? If you're not, I can understand whatever your biases, judgment, experiences are. Again, you had a bad experience, so you're walking away. But I would question that, and I'm not trying to call anyone out. Uh, I'm just basing it on Scripture. And... and I think we would be we would be remiss if we didn't say there are some circumstances where people cannot get to a Sunday celebration. Yeah, definitely. And, and yeah. I mean shut-ins, different different reasons why you can't get there. And that is perfectly fine. But at least get online in our technology and our our situation today. You can still be part of a celebration if you are worshiping on your couch, watching it on TV. And I'm not saying that's that's an excuse to do that, but I'm saying you're not being held accountable if you there is a legitimate reason why you cannot be in a Sunday celebration. Yeah, uh, I've had some people that said, oh, you know what, I live, uh, one guy said he had a valid, he said, I work, you know, overnights. And he's like, by the time I get off at five in the morning, church starts at 10 or 11. He's like, I'm out. That's like midnight to me. That's like telling people work all day and go to church at midnight. He said, I wish they had had church, you know, later in the afternoon. And my response was, that's a really good point. But there was a time when they had church Sunday night. They had church, you know, five and seven on Sunday night. Some yeah. uh, in Northern Virginia, lots of the churches had church on Saturday night. 
at 5, 7, and a 9 p.m. service. They had yeah. Wednesday evening at 5 and at 7 p.m. And the only reason they stopped is because people stopped coming. Yep. And I was like, but again, valid question. Then you do what you can. Like you said, you know what? When you get up, hey, I wasn't there live, but I'm going to go watch it. Uh, and I see a lot of uh, the services we do for Crossroads. Um, hours later, and even days later, I'll see comments that people make. They're watching it then. And they're interacting with it then, mm -hmm. even though it's days later or hours later, uh, based on when they were able to participate. So, yeah. And this isn't against people who who cannot attend because of work, because of scheduling, because of whatever. That's understandable because of, you know, well, one lady said, I don't have a car. I can't I can't get around when I shop. I do most of it by online or having a neighbor take me, you know, blah, blah, blah. Understand that. This is for people who say, I will not. Right. I don't want to, and I refuse to. And, and one person put it really good. He said, how can you claim to love Christ, but not love what he died for, which is all those people who you're saying you want nothing to do with? Again, that makes no sense to me. And, and because I believe Christ, I, I believe God has a sense of humor. I think the reason, if you leave a church because of a person and the way they treated you, and you both are true Christ followers, I believe God is going to make you next door neighbors for eternity. <laughs> I mean, yeah. That would be ironic. <laughs> so learn to get a, learn to get along down here is what yeah. i'm trying to say yeah because it doesn't make sense i mean all i i a lot of the responses were from people who were you know they don't teach right or but a lot of them were the so-and-so did something wrong or this happened wrong or these people are judgmental hateful whatever and to some of the judgmental people and again I'll, this i'll put this on the pulpit there's a way to call out sin without making people feel demeaned or belittled because of their action right right so right. Uh, there is a way to do that and i look at some of the videos now uh at the way people are responding to this thing called the deconstruction movement where people are questioning their faith and questioning things and um i'm like i i, I don't get it they're saying that they're coming down hard on these people which is driving them away further and if you read through i just finished reading through um Mark, and we're going to teach through it in a couple of months. Um, if you read through just all of the Gospels, that's literally all Jesus did was answer questions. I mean, he went around healing people. Hey, why are you healing them? Why? Did, well, here's why are you doing this? And he'd answer some of the things he wouldn't answer. He'd just keep doing what he's doing. But that's literally him responding to questions and people's. Um, I thought that the Bible said this, or weren't we supposed to do this? The whole Sermon on the Mount is him responding to, I know you've heard it said this, but let me tell you the biblical spirit-filled truth. Yeah. So when we aren't willing to answer questions, I feel like we're not being Christ-like. Right. And there are some people who it's clear, because I, I, I spent this morning blocking a bunch of people who just saying you know, mean-spirited, crazy things on, on social media. I don't, I don't got time for this. I'm just going to move on. You really don't want to hear the truth. But there are some people who uh, I, I can think it was a couple of weeks ago. I spent 
days going back and forth with one person answering their question because they kept bringing up more questions and more questions and more questions. And I was like, okay, here's this. Okay, here's that. So where they were finally like, okay, I think I have a better understanding now. Okay, good. That that that's the whole point. I mean, if we're not willing to answer questions, then why are we we shouldn't call ourselves pastors or preachers or teachers. Right. Because that's 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 the whole thing that we're supposed to do is to bring truth and clarity to the word of God. And I'm going to put it a step further. We shouldn't call ourselves Christ followers in general if we're not willing to stop and engage with those around us who do not know Christ or who are confused about who Christ is. Yeah, and I tell people all the time, you don't have to have all the answers, but if someone asks you a question you don't know, at least be willing to say, hey, you know what? I'm not sure, but let's find out together. Yeah. Let's, 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 let's find out together. Here's a resource we might know, or uh, I know a pastor we could talk to, or let's, let's take yeah. that journey together so we can both learn. Yeah. You don't push them away with, I don't know. And the, the thing that gets me, and I, I, I understand where it came from, but I don't, I don't see it as a scriptural definitive answer. Oh, well, just because my faith says it, so that's true. That may be true for you and work for you, but here's yeah, this other yeah. person saying, I don't have that level of faith. So help me to understand why this is true. Yeah. So even in those instances to say, you know what? I've never had to question this before because it's been, my faith says it's good, but you know what? You have a question. Let's find the answer to your question together. Yeah. That's yeah. what we should be doing as Christ followers. Exactly. Exactly. And, 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 you know, <laughs> Some of the best conversations I've had are with people who say, the church hurt me. Because I will say, it has hurt me too. So we are human beings. We are, we are, um, How's the one one uh, Christian comedian said? Oh, I can't think of how he says it now. But oh, we are just we're all freaks trying to find the same direction. Hmm. We're all just crazy freaks trying to find the same direction. We all make mistakes. We are all sinful people, and we cannot do this by ourselves. It was never intended for us to do it by ourselves. Correct. Absolutely. That's 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 why we were called not not just me to be by myself. And some people tried to use the hey, we're we're two or three or more, there Jesus is in the midst. That's true. You can you can you can do that, but that's like saying, Hey, where my four fingers are, that's good enough. No, my four fingers don't make the body. My four fingers are a part of the body. And if that's all I can get, that's great. But the goal is to be a part of the body of Christ as a whole. And um, I, I, I try to pick up something without your thumb. Well, yeah. It's just using your four fingers. <laughs> yeah. And then, then unless you're uh, not cousin, what was the hand in the Adam's yeah. family? Unless that's you, that's all you're going to be able to do. 
Yeah. Um, but I, I and, and I you would tell people who responded like, yeah, the people in the church, they're judgmental. They hurt me or whatever um, was like, hey, I can understand that. But those same people are also in your stores. They're in your schools. They're in the company you work for. And they're in your community. And so, they're in your family. And they're in your family. So you not attending a Sunday celebration isn't avoiding them. But it is preventing you from being able to help them change because you're not growing as the body of Christ and giving and getting the words and the scriptures that you need to help bring them to Christ. So, yeah, I get that people hurt us, but staying away from the body of Christ doesn't help. How, how many blessings do we miss out on or do we cause other people to miss out on because we don't obey this one command to fellowship or to meet with one another go ahead go ahead no that, that i i just was a question it just popped and, I, up. and i i will add to this i'm not one for like yeah go church hop but no. at this point, at least in America, and in most, I can't say for a lot of rural and, you know, uh, but in most urban and suburban communities, there are so many congregations. It's like Christy and I went to this one restaurant uh, and the service was so bad. I mean, it was just so bad. I won't even go into it. There's a lot of racial stuff, but it was so bad. I haven't been back since because there are too many other restaurants around. Mm -hmm. They're not the only game in town. So if you go to the, within most suburban and urban communities, you go to one congregation, you feel like they're judgmental or something's wrong. Go to another. There are so many options available to still go to still get the word, still get good biblical teaching and find that level of community and a church family who can help you grow and who can help you be the person that God is trying to transform you into being. Yeah. And, and as Floyd said, we're not, we're not promoting church hopping at all, but don't go to another church just because the pastor may have said something that convicted you and you think it hurt you. Yeah. That, that there's, there's make sure there's a clarification between you were convicted of something. Uh, Cause that's usually done by the Holy spirit, even though it may have been right. sparked by what the pastor said versus somebody who hurts you. Right. Uh, and, and have the conversation with other people in that congregation, have the conversation with the pastor, have the most pastors, We'll say, yeah, come, come talk to me and, and, you know, get that clarification because before you, you know, move out, I made a video saying, Hey, cause someone that was asking, well, how do you find a good church? Uh, and for some people, well, this getting into a whole other thing. I won't get into that. Cause that's like a whole other conversation. I will make this shameless plug before we finish though. Cause we talked about, you know, answering questions. And even though Mark and I do it here, uh, we also do it with uh, a couple of other pastors on what's called the Faith Pittsburgh live stream. We haven't done it in a couple of weeks, I think since December, actually. Uh, 
is because everyone's been sick or so much going on, but I think we have one scheduled this coming Friday. Uh, you can look up the Faith Pittsburgh Facebook page, and there's countless live streams going back for however long, where that's literally all we do is answer questions on the live stream and from people, usually from atheists or understanding biblical concepts. Uh, so people have that information. They have that understanding. So just wanted to throw that plug in there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and you know, anytime anyone has a question or a doubt or concern, that's what Floyd and I are here for. Yeah. Uh, contact Reach out us. To us. Yeah, and, and we would be happy to. It, it's one of the reasons why I started making TikTok videos. Not to get TikTok famous, because I'm not. <laughs> but to answer questions, because a lot of people will ask, probably, I want to say a good 80% of my videos are me just answering questions that people submitted um, about, you know, scripture or about this or explaining scripture or talking about biblical concepts. So, um uh, I know a lot of people have YouTube channels that do the same thing. I, I just found an easier and better niche on TikTok. Um, but yeah, definitely, definitely reach out to us, contact us, email us. Uh, we'd be happy to answer any questions we can and try to be of help in any way that we can. Yeah. All right. So that being said, uh, I'm going to ask, Mark, to pray for us, and uh, yeah, we'll be done. Okay. Father, thank you that you don't love us based on how we treat you. Thank you that your love is unconditional, and that even when we make mistakes, even when we doubt you, even when we... Um, fall out of fellowship with your children. You don't disown us. Because we, if we truly believe in you, if we truly have surrendered to you, then we are a child of yours. And no one can take that from us. Father, we pray for those who are struggling right now. We pray for those who are, are dealing with circumstances and, and, questions and doubts that you would be more real to them than ever before. And we pray that you would use this podcast to just encourage someone to know it's okay to ask, but it's not okay to just walk away. Hmm. So we just ask that you would be with us now until our next time together. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 I'm going to add really quick um, that myself, Mark, and two other pastors were working on a book project. Just keep us in prayer. Uh, because, I mean, I feel like the moment we mentioned that book project, one by one, sickness, surgery, family issues, everything just just came after uh, we started talking about that Christian book project. So just pray for us. Uh, allow us to kind of bring that to light. And uh, yeah, other than that, yeah. pray that God blesses everyone and feel free to contact us. Uh, if you and have any questions. Join a celebration this Sunday. 
Yeah, go somewhere online, in person, go somewhere, um, gather with the people of God and be the church. Amen.